Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Because he says he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. And we know that his omnipresence is everywhere. We know that he is present everywhere all the time, that he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. But there are times in our lives when we need more than his omnipresence. There are times in our lives when we need his manifest presence where we need the real Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth to actually walk into the room and manifest himself. Amen? In Jesus' name. And tonight we're going to talk about that. Is that a good subject to talk about? When you walk into the room, that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. Why don't you go high five to somebody and you can take your seat. You guys are the best. Absolutely the best in the whole world. So anointed. Every one of you, so annoying. Thank you. Are you staying with me? Wow. It's so important to know, especially in the days that we're living in right now, it's so important to know, to know, to know, to know beyond a shadow of a doubt who Jesus Christ is who he said he is, who he is, and who we know him to be. It's one thing to know about a story, a Bible story, who Jesus said that he was. It's another thing to actually experience that story within yourself. Then it's another thing to be able to stand in that story no matter what happens around you and know that Jesus Christ is Lord. See, Jesus Christ might be saviour to you, but Jesus Christ needs to be Lord. Jesus Christ needs to be Lord. He is the Lord, Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see, he's, he's no longer on a cross. He's no longer in a manger. He's no longer on a cross. He rose from the dead on the third day in victory and in power and is seated at the right hand of the Father in full authority, in full control. And he looks down over the earth and he knows everything that's happening. He is in control of everything and he is commanding the earth. You see, when he died, he took the keys of hell and death. And he took the keys back from Satan, who had proclaimed himself to be the prince of this world. And he declared, I am king. He rose from the grave on the third day, sits enthroned in heaven, crowned as king. And he says, the earth is merely his footstool. This is our Jesus. He's the Lord. He's the King. And you know, it's so important. 
in the days that we live in. It's so important in the days that we live in to know who he is. You want to know about breakthrough? I want to tell you about the man of breakthrough. I want to tell you about the man who's broken through everything. I want to tell you about the man who is breakthrough. Not just a breakthrough anointing, he is the breakthrough. He's already won. It's been done. It is finished. It's over. The fight has been won. It is finished. Amen. We're just here to clean up the mess, really. We're just here to clean up the mess. It is finished. The war has been won. And Jesus has been crowned victor, victorious, overcoming king, never to be challenged again, eternal king. He has won the victor's crown. Amen? Amen? And so in the days that we're living in, we need to know this. I mean, many of you would be hearing things right now that are, that are disturbing. And those of you who aren't hearing things that are disturbing, you need to hear them. You need to open yourself up in this Western culture and understand that there is a world out there that we need to know about. Why is there a world out there we need to know about? Because we are called to be ambassadors of Christ to a dying world. We are called to be ones that would stand in the gap, who would take the hand of those that are suffering and take the hand of Christ Jesus in heaven and pull them together and connect the dots. We are called to be those who need to know what's going on because we know we just don't want to know the problem because we know that we have the answer to the problem. You know, you look at those doors up there and the Bible talks about in Revelations that he is the God that opens the doors that no man can shut. He is the God that opens doors that no man can shut. He will not be challenged. He is king. And so we're seeing, first of all, in the Middle East, we're seeing Israel and, and, and we're seeing um, the whole conflict of the Palestinian-Israel conflict. And I mean, that's been going on for years. You say, oh, Pastor, it's been going on for years. So what's new? While all eyes are on Israel, while all eyes are on Israel, there's a people group called ISIS that are, that are rising up in Iraq. And we say, well, that's, what's that got to do with us? That's what people said when the Jews were being killed. What's that got to do with us? Until they finally realized, hang on, we've got a problem. And in Iraq right now, we have a problem. And this problem is against our own people. This, is, this problem is against our people, our brothers, our sisters. It's against Christians. And so this group called ISIS, who, by the way, are being funded $2 billion to do the antichrist work that they are, I guess, compelled to do on the earth, decided to take over a small city called Mosul, which many of you would know as ancient Nineveh. Nineveh was where Jonah 
reluctantly went back to Nineveh and they had a massive revival. And the whole of Nineveh fell on their faces, fasting and praying before God and repenting before God. Well, these radical ISIS, Islamic militant people decided that they would declare Mosul as an Islamic city and that Christians were no longer allowed to be there. And in fact, they declared genocide against all Christians, not just, you know, excavate them. What do you call them? Evacuate. Evacuate them, but actually exterminate. Genocide. And so they were given choices. Number one, you convert to Islam. Number two, you can pay really heavy taxes in gold and we want that, those taxes on a regular basis or we will, we will come and uh, kill you and your family. Um, and that was it, wasn't it? Pay taxes or convert or die. <laughs> That's right. The third one was or you'll be killed. There was no, other, there was no out for them. And so the Christians in, in Mosul were forced to pack up their belongings and escape in the middle of the night. The last one left two weeks ago that was, hasn't been killed already. The last one. So there's not one Christian now, right as we speak right now, there's not one Christian left in Mosul. Ancient Nineveh has been taken over by Islam. Now, they said, okay, let's go a bit further. We've, this is great. Let's do it. So now they've declared Iraq, the whole of Iraq, that this is going to be an Islamic country. And they have gone around to every Christian home and they've painted on the doors of the Christian homes an Arabic N, which stands for, in this house, these people worship Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And they've declared that if anybody comes home to those houses, they should be slaughtered. They should be killed immediately. Men, women, children, all of them. And again, they've been given the ultimatum. Convert to Islam. 1,500 people have converted so far to Islam. Um, Pay the taxes or be killed. 100,000 Christians, as we speak, are fleeing to the border of Iraq for fear of their lives. They're killing children. They're beheading children. It's the fiercest, most... In our history, I think, against Christians that we've ever seen. Now, we can just sit around and, and just go, oh, well, we're in Australia, we're safe. But, you know, unless we begin to rise up, realize who Jesus Christ is in our lives, give him full authority, give him the throne over our lives and over our uh, cities, over our towns, over our nation, and then over the nations of the earth. Unless my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, repent of their sin, turn from their wicked ways. If my people, if my, there's an if, if my people, then I will turn from heaven, I will forgive them of their sin, and I will heal their land. See, ultimately, he's in control, amen? He's in control. And you know, right now as we speak, in the midst of this, in the midst of this supposed genocide, 
There are reports coming out of Iraq of thousands, I'm talking thousands and thousands of Muslims that are having encounters with Jesus Christ that He is coming directly to them and they're falling on their faces and they're worshipping Him. See, Jesus comes. When He walks into the room, everything changes. You know what I mean? The game, he's the game changer. You know, someone might be saying, this is the way we're going to play the game. And Jesus goes, wait till I walk in the room. Wait till I walk in the room. Because I'm the game changer. Amen? I'm the game changer. I'm going to play you a video in a minute. It's going to go for about 15 minutes. But listen, if you really listen to the heart of this man, what this man is saying, there's three things that's going to happen for you. Number one, you'll understand the heart of the Muslim people and why they're so deceived and you will stop hating them. Number two, prejudice will fall off you as you begin to pray for your brothers and sisters, saved and unsaved, that they would all have a revelation of Jesus Christ because it's all about him. This is all for you, Jesus. It's all for you, Jesus. And number three, you'll get a revelation of what Jesus Christ can do when he walks into the room. Amen. Let's watch this video and then I'm going to talk to you a little bit more. And please, just everyone stay seated while this video is on. Don't walk around. Don't talk amongst yourselves. Put your phones away and let God speak to your heart in Jesus' name. Amen. I was born in the southern part of Iran, a city called Abadan, born in a Muslim family, shared Muslim family. My grandfather was a Muslim leader. Uh, I joined uh, Hezbollah. Uh, I, I was in that army for about three years. Uh, I was studying Quran extensively then. I traveled to Malaysia where I was caught with 30 illegal passports, put in prison. And so I started teaching Islam in, in the jail and uh, telling everybody uh, what they must do, what are their duties toward Allah. And so uh, I did this uh, routine uh, every day. I prayed obviously five times a day. Uh, Shiites do pray three times and they include the 17 rak'at in, in the, uh, three times. but. Uh, what I did, when it, because I wanted to spend more time with, with God, I did it at five separate times. And then in the end of the evening, I would uh, pray extra prayers. I would have the habit of uh, reading through the Quran cover to cover uh, once every 10 days. And so as I was doing that one night, I, I just uh, was meditating in the verses. And there are, uh, there are words in the Quran that are repeated continually, uh, repeatedly, but uh, they have no meanings. They are the secrets of Quran. And so when I was meditating on this, a spirit entered the room. And uh, it was much more powerful than I could handle, or I could, I could overcome. And so I was filled with fear. 
And so I tried uh, using all the tools Islam had given me. In the name of Allah, I command you to leave, you know. Uh, Satan, I rebuke you, kind of things. And I uh, used all those, and nothing uh, was, was helping. At that moment, I, I was totally desperate, and I felt like it is choking me, choking the life out of me, and I felt like I'm dying in that cell. And I just cried out to, uh, to the heavens, and I said, God in Farsi Khoda, help me. And immediately I heard a voice, just as clear as you hear my voice today, saying, bring the name of Jesus. And I, at that moment, I really seriously did not give it one second of thought. I just was, I feel like um, going back, I was drowning. A man that is drowning, you throw a rope, they would never question you about the color of the rope. And just grab on. And so I did. I said, Jesus, if you are true, show me yourself. And to this day, I have no idea of just going back. I'm thinking, why did you word it that way? Why didn't you just say, Jesus, help me? I don't know why, but that's the way it came out. And before I was finished with the sentence, everything was back to normal. Now, that was not my conversion. That was the beginning of my confusion. Why would Jesus help a Muslim? Now, I had done everything in my power to be a good Muslim. I had already uh, tried to go and uh, commit myself to, uh, in the way of Allah and be a martyr for him, you know, walking on the mines. And so the government of Iran is used to issue the, the people that are uh, fadai or the ones that are willing to, to give themselves, to sacrifice themselves, a special Quran that had the stamp of the government. Uh, I had participated in the executions by hanging, you know. I I had done everything that I thought I must do uh, against the infidels and anything and everything I must do to share Allah with others. Uh, so I, I, I knew that something is wrong and that was not because I doubted Allah or doubted Islam or anything. I fully believed and I didn't know what that is and it just confused me and so I tried to just forget about it, you know. But that question, why would Jesus help a Muslim? Why would Jesus help a Muslim? That would just keep coming at me. I believe in Muhammad, the last prophet I would think, the, in the perfect religion. Why would Jesus come to help me? And so uh, that uh, two weeks period, I just got really confused and I said, okay, I'm going to pray and fast and ask God himself to show me the path. Obviously, I thought at that moment, and there are verses and, and things taught in the Quran that says uh, the ways of Allah are many and no matter what part and what part of the mountain you climb, you always come to the same uh, mountain top. And I thought, maybe that is what, what God is, you know, and then, you no, know, maybe it is different for God. Maybe God has a specific way for me and he wants me to follow that specific way. So I thought, I will never find out unless I ask this question. So I did. I prayed and fasted. And from the bottom of my heart, with all my strength, I asked, God, what is it that you want me to do? What way is it that you want me to follow? And so for two weeks, 
I sat in one place and I prayed as many hours as I was awake and I fasted as many as hours as I, I was awake and I would just fall asleep literally in that place. I would wake up and I would just pray again and again asking God, what is the way you want me? After two weeks to no avail, I had no answer. And I really got frustrated. I just thought, forget it, you know, what is this? I have no chance of finding out what he wants. I don't even know if God exists. And I have wasted all my life. Uh, I have been afraid all my life, you know, trying to do everything that would please Allah. And now he confuses me. If Allah is all great and he sees the heart, he knew in my heart I love him. And what matters if I call him whatever name I call him, he knows in my heart I love him. And if it does matter to him, I ask him for two weeks, I sat, prayed, and nothing happens. So, you know what, I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm going to go walk my own path. I'm going to do what pleases me. Obviously, at that very moment, I felt the power of God filled the room. Now, in Islam, the greatest sin you can commit, and you can never be forgiven for that, is doubting God Himself, doubting His teachings, doubting His Prophet. And I had done that. And in Islam, they teach you that Allah never visits, God never visits human beings. I feel, and I know against Islam I have committed, the greatest sin that can never be forgiven, God's presence is in the room, and I'm confronted immediately with His Holiness. All this is happening simultaneously, and I'm uh, confronted with His Holiness, which puts this weight of sin upon me. And I know, I know, that because He is just, he must kill me. He must wipe me off the face of the earth because I'm so full of sin. And I cried because I literally didn't want to die. But uh, I knew there is no chance. He was so holy and I was so wicked. So I just ran to the corner of the room and I held my head in my arms and I just cried out, God forgive me, God forgive me, God forgive me, God forgive me. And I just said, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. And as I was crying and just saying, forgive me, I felt a touch on my shoulder saying, I forgive you. And the very instant those words were spoken, I physically felt forgiven. And I couldn't understand it. I said, wait a minute, we say Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim in the name of God who is merciful and gracious. But we don't know if you are forgiven till the day of judgment. That is why there is not one single verse in the Quran that says Muhammad is in the heaven. He must wait like all people for the, the, the day of Qiyamah, the day of resurrection, and all shall be judged on that day. So, how is it that who is this God that says, I forgive you and I feel forgiven today? And I asked, I said, who are you? They can forgive me and I feel forgiven today. And says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The moment I heard those words, I knew it's of a great importance, but I had absolutely no idea what that meant. I still had no clue who this God is.
So I asked him, what is your name? Jesus Christ, the living God, he answered. And the moment he spoke those words, it was as if every single bone was taken out of my body and I just fell on my face to the ground and I started weeping in the presence of God. I just wept. I still can't eat this. 18 years have gone by, but I still can't forget His love, His mercy. All the What is for me that day? And she just forgive you. I felt forgiven. I fell on my kids. I just wept because for many years I had tried to please God. But that wasn't nothing I had done was pleasing to God. Nothing I had done. It wasn't even that I had known. I felt so deceived because they told me this is God and he wasn't God. They told me killing the way of Allah. But then this God says love in the way of me. Forgive in the way of me. And it was everything my heart Yes, this is the truth of God. God is about forgiveness. God is about love. So I wept for two hours. And I just stood at his feet. And he just said, Afshin, look up. And the moment I looked up, I saw this. It was like a TV screen of some sort. I, I just saw people from all different generations and all different na nationalities and backgrounds. And every single person I saw, I could see every single wrong thing they have done. And that overwhelmed me. I just cried, said, God, I live among all these peoples. All of them are sinners. And he says, Afshin, how easy did I forgive you? And I said, very easy. In Farsi, we say, as easy as drinking water. And then just moments after that, I said, no, 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 no. Even easier than drinking water. He says, as easy as I have forgiven you, I can forgive them. Who is going to tell them? I said, send me. He says, go. That's how I became a Christian. So I prayed, God, send me a Bible. Uh, in jail, somebody from some other section just walked up to me and gave me a book and says, this is what you asked for. And uh, he was in his Indian background and I spoke Urdu and Hindi uh, completely. So, uh, so when he gave it to me, I knew it is the Bible. I forgot to thank you, God. I said, God, I prayed last night and you gave it to me this morning. It is so wonderful. You answer, you are the mighty God that is just spoken of and you provide so quickly. That is the living word of God. I tell you this, I share my testimony so people hear about this almighty God. I don't expect 
anybody to become a Christian because of my testimony. My testimony is only good for me. I want people to understand this. This is the story of Almighty God that is all able and that is searching for all seeking hearts that loves all humanity with all his strength and power. If someone hears my testimony today, I really like them to just say, okay, God of heaven, the creator of everything, if this is true, I want that. And I assure you, I can guarantee you that mighty God that came and touched and changed my life and, and, and totally forgive everything I have done. And he made me sure that I can be in heaven with him. He can assure them of the same assurance and he can let them taste of the same forgiveness and same love. And that is who Jesus Christ is. May glory be to him. Today and forever. Can I have the whole band? I'll have the whole band on. Thanks. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet for a minute. Let's just stand in the presence of Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and the mighty God. Amen. When he walks in the room, everything changes. He's the game changer. You know, I, want to, I just want to read this to you out of, this is the, this is the Psalm, Psalm 2, and it's out of the um, Passion Translation. It's going to come up on the screen. Listen to this in light of what we've just talked about. You'll have to put it up because I can't see that in this light. Just put it up. How dare the nations plan a rebellion, ranting and raging against the Lord Most High. Their foolish plots are futile. Look at how kings of the earth rise up to hold their summits, scheming and conferring together against God and His anointed King, saying, let's come together and break away from the Creator. Once and for all, let's cast off these controlling chains of God and his Christ. Next part. And then God speaks. God enthroned merely laughs at them, amused at all their puny plans, mocking their madness. Then with the fierceness of his fiery anger, he settles the issue. He terrifies them to death with these words, I have poured out my king on Zion, my holy mountain. You had better listen to the one I have chosen. And then the son speaks. I will reveal the eternal purpose of God. For he is decreed over me. You are my favorite son. And as your father, I have crowned you as my king eternal. Today, I have given you glory. Ask me to give you the nations and I will do it. And they shall become your legacy your domain will stretch to the ends of the earth and you will rule over them with unlimited authority, crushing their rebellion like an iron rod of clay. And then the Spirit speaks, the Holy Spirit. Listen to me, all you rebel kings and all you upstart rulers of the earth. Learn your lesson while there's still time. 
serve and worship the awe-inspiring God. Recognize His greatness and bow before Him, trembling with reverence in His presence. Fall face down before Him and kiss the feet of His Son before His anger is roused against you. Remember that His wrath can be quickly kindled, but many blessings are waiting for all who turn aside and hide themselves in Him. Psalm 2. It's amazing. It's amazing. This is amazing. Jesus Christ is real. Jesus Christ is real. He's not just something we sing about and talk about at church. He's not something we just tack on to the end of our lives or let him into a portion of our lives. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the mighty God. And he in these days will be given all glory, all honor, all majesty. There is no other king like Jesus. There's no one else who can walk into any atmosphere, into any situation and completely change the atmosphere. There's no other one, there's no other God. There's no other God who can control the atmospheres of the earth. He is in control. Amen. Jesus is so, so, so beautiful. You know, I was was weeping yesterday over the news of these children, you know. I said, oh God. And Jesus gave me a vision. And in the vision, I saw Jesus. And I saw him lay himself over the children. And I saw him smile at me like this. And before the knife was taken to those children, I saw him take their little spirits out. And I saw him lift them up. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. And he said, suffer not the little children, bring them unto me. Every child, every child goes straight to heaven, irrespective of what their background is, how they've been raised. As long as they're not of the age of understanding, they go straight to heaven. Jesus, Jesus takes the little children. And then he turned around and he smiled at me as he was taking them up. He said, Julie, I just rescued them. I just rescued them from the hour of trial that's coming upon the earth where they live. They're not gonna have to see all that. I just saved them from it. They're with me now. They're safe. They're gonna grow up with me. He is Lord over all. He is King over everything. He is the God that turns everything around for good to those who love Him. As you look at the news, do not become in despair. Do not get in fear. Do not form hatred and prejudice and bias. But pray for all mankind, as that man said, every tribe, every tongue, and every nation that will stand before the throne of God, worshiping God together, every color, every race, every human being, 
deserves the right to stand before the true and the living God and receive the same forgiveness and the same salvation that we have received. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we just lift our voices right now and just start to cry out that Jesus will make himself manifest more and more and more. Jesus, we're praying right now that you would walk into the room of every unsaved person, God. That you would walk into the room of every Islamic extremist. That they would fall on their faces between the true, before the true and the living God. That the Jesus Christ, the true Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth would arise across the nations of the earth. And no one, no one would stand in His presence. Hallelujah. Philippians 2 and 9 to 11 says this. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Amen. Let's lift him up right now and say the name of Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.